Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm. We've got a couple of things that we're going to talk about today. First, we are going to talk about the Pac-12. So some more information came out this week, uh, basically just describing some of the the TV money situations uh, for the Pac-12, for other conferences. Guess what? It's not good. It's not good. Um, So we're going to talk about that. I've got um, a couple new thoughts on the issue. You know, it does feel like we circle around and talk about TV revenues and the conferences and the payouts and all that sort of stuff like five, six times a year. I do have some new thoughts today um, because it's easy on that subject to just kind of get bogged down. You know, we are only a couple of years away now. (laughs) Wild to think about. A couple of years away from the new TV deal. Like, so... I, I would guess, and we're getting ahead of ourselves here a little bit, I would guess they start working on the new TV deal in like January. And if not in January, then next summer. And I remember when I got this job and started learning about this stuff, being like, oh yeah, well, expires after the, the 2024 spring and they'll need something new for the 2024 football season. Being like, oh yeah, well... That feels like it's never going to happen. It feels like one of those non-conference games that gets scheduled way, way out. And now we're kind of right around the corner. It's crazy to think about. 2019 thinking, oh, yeah, well, for the 2024 football season, we'll see. Yeah, but we're circling back around through that. Then, though, uh, later, College Football News put out its bowl projections. And the truth is, I don't spend a lot of time like on the College Football News website like looking through that stuff. But what I do know is that they have probably maybe the second highest regarded uh, bowl projections. You know, I think ESPN probably beats them. The Athletic probably puts them out. They probably have some good ones. But but these uh, th- these rankings, these these projections for who's going to be playing in what bowl game, they are some of the big ones. And the internet kind of goes wild about them. And we we talked about them last year and the year before that. And now here we are again. So we're going to dig into those in the second half of the show, talk about where they have Pac-12 teams going, talking about which Pac-12 teams they don't have playing in a bowl game. Uh, I think you can guess one. But uh, that's the plan for today. That's the plan for today. And we might as well just jump in. So basically, John Wilner of the Mercury Hotline, sorry, the Mercury News, the Wilner Hotline, it's syndicated. You can read it in the Denver Post. You can read it just about everywhere. Actually, weird thing about the Pac-12 Hotline. So, 
again, it's syndicated. It, it gets published in a bunch of different newspapers. Some of them have paywalls. Some of them don't. And I kind of feel bad saying this, but like, if you're trying to read something at John Wilner's, you can usually look at one of the papers that doesn't have a paywall. But um, that's just a weird thing that's happening because of the way that reporting works at this point. But the what he has been doing is going through a bunch of the financial stuff, and he's got like a series that's going in the Pac-12 hotline, and it's really good. It's really good. I, it's well-written. It's well-reported. It's good information. It is not good for the Pac-12, I should say. Um, basically, things are bad. Things are not looking all that much up. Um, you know, there's there's different numbers that you can look at that kind of sum up what's going on. Um, like, like the payouts. Let's just take the payouts for fiscal year 2021, which... I, I hate that we we do fiscal years instead of just year years. Like, why do why do our years have to be so weird in the business world? I think it's just to keep people like me out. But fiscal year twenty twenty one, the payout per school dropped from thirty four million to just under twenty million for Pac twelve schools. Now you remember that includes the the basketball season that was kind of like weirdly done. That includes the football season where they played half as many games. So you expected a drop. And, you know, the conference is saying things like things are going well. Like we look at the financials, we're happy with where we are. And and that could absolutely be. Um, but it does look pretty dire. Um, and again, they'll, they'll probably bounce right back up. He actually projects what this is going to look like um, going forward in, in this story as well. But just to compare... You know, the, the, the Pac-12 made $19.8 million per school, or distributed $19.8 million per school. Um, the Big 12, second lowest at 35.6. ACC, 36.6. Big 10, 46. SEC, 54.6. So, a clear gap. A clear, wide gap. The Pac-12 is not in great shape that way. Again, this is a weird year. Because of everything that's going on, and the Pac-12 played fewer games and that sort of stuff, um, but still, not uh, not good. Um, the Pac-12 has been higher on that list. You know, they've been giving out more money than the ACC. Um, the, the the big change, according to John Wilner, is just the growth of the ACC network. Um, it's owned by ESPN, and that obviously comes with a bunch of benefits. Um, through the the growth of their streaming platforms and the ESPN Plus, you know, I, I'm watching ACC Network games here just because I have ESPN Plus. Um, but then also being able to push them onto onto actual television and kind of expanding their footprint. You know, if the ACCs from Florida up the coast to however far up it goes, you know, you you put the ACC Network on Directv and Dish and the cable company, whatever in those states, but then if it works well, you can kind of expand it out. So I guess they've been good about growing that in that way. Point is they're making a lot more money. And, uh, you know, Wilner says the ACC would have passed the PAC 12 in revenue distributions, even if the PAC 12 had played a normal football season. So there's that as well. Um, you know, the big 10 network, this is another interesting one. 14.8 million subscribers for the Pac-12 network. 
that's that's not a good number. The Big Ten Network has 50 million. The potentially even tougher part is that the Pac-12 Network makes 13 cents per su- subscriber per month versus 59 cents per subscriber per month for the Big Ten Network. And again, that's calculated based on how many homes is this in, how much money are we making? Because, you know, if, if they're on Dish, for example, so Dish... If, if, if Dish has 100 different channels that they're giving out to whoever and they're getting well, 40 bucks a month from whoever this person is, that that money is not split evenly among all the different channels. It's part of the deal that they make when they sign on to, to broadcast Pac-12 on Dish or to broadcast ESPN on Dish or whatever. So these are all deals that are kind of negotiated. And I mean, I... I I would guess that Sling is not paying the same big bucks that Comcast does, for example, if that makes sense. Um, You know, the margins are probably slimmer for a new company. So when you look at the different ways to get the Pac-12 or the Pac-12 network, I don't think you're surprised to find out that they aren't paying out as much as the others. And then on top of that, it's not just like how much money can they pay out? Like if, if you strike a good deal, how much are they even capable of giving out? It's also... What are you worth? And the truth is, when you're up in Big Ten country, you know, you're talking about Michigan and Ohio and Illinois and all those states up there. Those people probably want the Big Ten network more than the people in Colorado or or Nevada, which I guess there actually isn't a school there, Arizona or Utah or Washington, more than they probably want the Pac-12 network. And that factors in. You know, they can see how many people are watching this stuff and use that in these negotiations. So it's kind of this twofold problem, which is that, first of all, you're not getting this out to people. And second of all, you're not making as much money when you do get it to somebody. So that puts you in a tough spot. Again, there's nothing you can do about this right now. Nothing at all. And George Klyovkov has said that. He said, you know, it's a frustrating deal. I wish there were a lot of changes I'd like to make, but there's just we're we're locked in right here and can't really tweak anything at all because of our existing contracts until after the 2023-24 school year. Just to hit these projections, because um, they pre- project it out through that year, which makes sense because that's when everything changes. You know, I, I went through this year's numbers. Next year, Pac-12 supposed to give out $36 million. Um, ACC, 38 Big 12, 40 SEC, 58 Big 10, 58 um, 2023, 38 for the Pac-12, 42 for the ACC, 42 for the Big 12, 61 for the SEC, 61 for the Big 10, um, then 24, 39 for the Pac-12, 43, 44, 63, 86 for the Big 10 in that year. It's rough. It's rough. Um, and part of that is... Like, the Big Ten gets a new deal that year, so they're going to make more money, that sort of stuff. But the the buffs are way behind. The, buffs, the buffs are behind because of this. Everybody's behind. And they finish this off by saying, you know, over the course of, like, like up through that time, the Big Ten schools will make $120 million more than the Pac-12 schools will. And you think about what that money could be used on. Like, imagine if you just give 120 mil. I mean, you want a new basketball arena? There you go. You got it. 
you want to you want to put a roof on Folsom for some reason? I mean, first of all, you'd have to be evil to do that, but I mean, there you go. Feel free. You want to build up another section of seating? Go right ahead. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of money. And the ACC gets 27 more. That's the least still a good amount of money. I and mean, you think about what could you do with that 27 million over 4 years? I mean, that's uh that's what? That's Eight million a year, a little less, seven million a year. That that's that's a good coach if you want to go get a good coach. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it's an issue. It's an issue, and I do think, you know, and I've I've done this in the past, and this is kind of my my newer thought on this issue is, it's really easy to say, you know, what a bad deal. How could they make this terrible deal? Like, what are you thinking? this is not playing out. You're putting the conference in a bad position. Now they're just stuck here and there's nothing they can do about it. And it feels bad. You're just waiting to renegotiate. And it is true. It is a bad deal. They did not maximize what they had. Um, at the time it was looked at as a great deal, which is interesting, but you know, we've learned some lessons since then. The big one being that every single year sports rights, sports TV rights are worth more than they were the year before. And by handcuffing yourself for, a decade plus for 12 years, you wind up missing some of those cycles and the teams or the conferences, they've gotten to renegotiate, renegotiate, renegotiate. They're in a good spot. You know, the big 10, this is a, this is another note from Wilner just kind of interesting stuff. So the way that the big 10 network works is half of, it is half owned by the big 10 half owned by Fox and so Fox actually has a reason to pump it up, and that's a good note from Wilner, whereas the Pac-12 is totally owned by the Pac-12. So when the Pac-12 goes and does TV deals, they just say, like, okay, ESPN, okay, whoever, how much money will you give us? How much money can we get from this stuff? Um, and then whatever's left over, they broadcast themselves. What Fox will do is say, hey, we don't mind some good games on the Big Ten Network because we want to grow this. We want this to have value because we have an investment in it. And so that changes the dynamic, and now, apparently, we, we just found out, yeah, according to a report last week in USA Today, last year, the Big Ten exercised a pre-existing option to sell 20% of its interest in the Big Ten network to Fox. So that was just allowed in there. That if they want to change their 50% to 40%, they can do that. And they got $100 million in cash, which means the Big Ten network, obviously, is worth a billion dollars. But they got $100 million in cash, just straight up, by clicking the button that says, yep, we're going to do this. And yeah, they lose some of the ownership of the Big Ten Network, but and that's a, that's a steal. You'll look at the Pac-12, and again, like he, he makes some great notes in here, um, but you know, the Pac-12, it isn't partially. So first of all, you couldn't do that deal if you, you wanted to. Um, you, you also don't have a Fox or like ESPNs with the ACC and I think the SEC networks. Um, I'm not sure about big 12 network. It might also be ESPN. Um, but if, if it was co-owned, which again, you, you realize why they don't want co-ownership. Like you realize 12 years ago, why they'd say, Hey, we just want to own this. We want to build it. And if it works out, we're going to make a bunch of money. Now here we are, but there's some, some pieces that make things tough for the Pac-12 network, um, which includes like that they don't get as good at games because the Big Ten network gets some of those deals on the others. Um, 
but also the Big Ten Network has a contract for 10 years of programming, whereas the Pac-12 is only on the contract for two years because all their TV rights are up. And so it, it almost – I mean, th- nobody's watching the Pac-12 Network except for the games, right? Like uh, you're, you're not making all that much money on just talk shows or team-made programming or whatever that's going on during the day. It's mostly just for those football-basketball games that get put there. Um, and then also for the Olympic sports as well. It's, um, it's going to be interesting because one of the big things that the Pac-12 has in its favor is that all of its rights are going to be up for, from 2024 20, on. You know, everything. There's, they, they call them Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, but, I mean, it's every football game, every basketball game, every Olympic sporting event. Everything that the Pac-12 does is up for sale, which opens a bunch of doors, right? You know, it, it could be that Apple TV or Apple swoops in and just says, you know what, everything that's Pac-12, we want it. We're just going to take it. We're going to blow money. We're going to see if this works. And personally, I'd love that. Just have all of it in one place, a place where I already am, too. Um, if, and that's the, that's the other thing is I think if, if you, if there was a way to say like, okay, just pay $10 a month to get the, the PAC 12 network, I would absolutely do that because right now I'm paying like 40 bucks a month for sling. And all I use it for is the PAC 12 network. But because of the deals that they have with sling and dish and all the others, they can't do that. They can't do it. And so that, that's one of those things where George Klavkov just said, yeah, our hands are kind of tied. We just have to ride this out and then try to figure something out from there. Um, so, I don't know. Just I mean, There's so many good notes in here. He did such a good job. You guys should read this for yourself again. Um, John Wilner, you can read it different places. Denver Post is one of them. Um, but I mean, stuff like when they made the deal, they thought they were going to pay out $72 million per school over the course of the contract. It's going to be 25. Went from 6 million per year to 2 million per year. Not the same at all. Um not the same at all. That's <laughs> that's tough. Like that's just the Pac-12 network experiment failing. It's like who knows what they're going to do with that long term whether they fold it whether they make a deal with ESPN that says, okay, broadcast all this stuff, take the Pac-12 network, push it how you push the others. We have the framework here. We can give you part ownership. Take the whole thing if you want. Who knows? It's tough to say. Um, but, again, this new thought that I've had is just that you need to have the people. You know, you need to, you need to have fans who are wanting to see these things. I think it's really easy to say, like, oh, how are you getting this much on the TV deal when this conference is getting this? Then you remember, Big Ten fans, they're better fans than Pac-12 fans. Ah, I don't know if that's true. It Maybe more so there's just more of them. You know, I think the ones that are fans are fans when it comes to both. I don't think that the fans that you do have are any worse than the fans that they have. I think that's pretty similar. I think it's just the number of them. And you need to get those numbers up if you're going to be getting really big money for any of these deals. And that's not something that changes overnight. You know, the whoever's sitting in the apartment next to me right now isn't going to just wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm a diehard Colorado Buffaloes fan. And, and winning them over into being one of those, 
that's going to be tough to do. It it takes years and years of of giving people reasons to care. And you're down to three years. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they start negotiating the next deal in January. Um, And, you know, I think if, if you, if you come down the stretch of this football season and Utah and Oregon and USC are all right there competing for uh, the, the, the PAC 12 championship spots, you know, you're in a situation where you think, hey, whoever is able to to win out these last two weeks, win that game, they're probably going to college football playoff. Like, if you're getting yourself that sort of national attention, then, yeah, why not start negotiating in January? If not, maybe start those negotiations late summer and give yourself a little bit, like a month of football season to try to make some noise. You're really getting pushed up against the deadline there, though, so who knows? Who knows? Um, I think that's basically all I had here. We hit all the notes at least, um, and can't can't argue with that. Uh, we're gonna get into this bowl stuff real quick though. Sexy Pizza is incredible. If you're looking for pizza in the Denver area, that's where you go. Uh, they've got four locations around town. They also have another in Trinidad, Colorado. If you're way down south or like North New Mexico. Uh, it's deck oven hand tossed pizza. They make their dough from scratch every day. Um, it's, uh, all the different toppings, like the green chili pizzas. Those are probably my favorite. Uh, the philanthropies are awesome. So different nonprofits will put together their own pizzas. If you buy one of those, a portion of the proceeds goes to that nonprofit. So that's pretty cool. Um, and they've got all the sides. They've got gluten-free options. They've got vegan options. You cannot go wrong at sexy pizza. So definitely pick something up there if you're uh trying to have a pizza night also wanna wanna's fast asleep fast asleep optimal gummies are the answer to all of your sleep problems uh they, they're a 20 to 100 thc to cbd gummy so you you just chew it up you eat it um and uh it, it, it'll help you go to sleep you know they don't put in any of those chemicals that make you super groggy the next day but it still works you know within five to 15 minutes you're going to start feeling your eyes get a little bit heavy like i said the cbd there's a little bit of thc there's a little bit of melatonin um so some of those other more natural options they put together they spent a lot of time working with scientists to figure out the best way to do this and they found the solution solution so check those out and do that at colorado's premier dispensary that's light shade with 11 convenient denver metro and aurora locations the barnum location is now open it's a block off of sixth and federal it's the biggest light shade store as specialty products that are not offered at other locations they have something for set for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur uh, podcast listeners can get 25 percent off all non-sale items with the code dmvr shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a lightshade location near you. And finally, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I've been making a lot of money with DraftKings. I actually need to go through and figure out how much I'll make if the Avs win the cup. Um, but, you know, it's easy to make money if the Avalanche are winning. Um, if you want to get in, which you absolutely should, there's an awesome promotion for new users. The way it works is this. Bet $5 on any team to win its next game You'll get $150 in uh, in free bets if you pick the correct winner. It's a really cool promotion. 
and it's a fun time, right? You know, you're going to a game seven with the Boston Miami series. Derek White went off in that one. Um, last I checked, he had 22 points. I'm not sure he scored again after that. It was like with three minutes left. Um, but a big night for Derek White. Wouldn't mind betting on him in the final um, or in the game seven. And, uh, yeah, so download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code DMVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, going to give out a DraftKings pick of the week. Mm, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm trying to side with this Avs game. So they're minus 175 to win. They're minus 110 to win in regulation. Those aren't bad bets. But before I commit, I want to see what we can get the series at. Minus 250 in the series. Mm, <laughs> minus 115 to win in six games or less. I think I'd I think I like the regulation tomorrow better. Unless you can get them like four one exactly. Twin four one exactly plus three thirty. Yeah, I need a little bit more than that. Ooh, most goals in the series. With McDavid out there. Like it's it's a tough one where I feel like you gotta bet on McDavid for something like that, but also we're betting against them to win, and so it puts you in kind of a tricky spot. But I'm also not gonna bet against Connor McDavid in that. Um so we are, yeah, we're going to go with it. Avalanche to win in regulation. Um, minus 110 to win in regulation. Seems like a good bet. Seems like a great bet, honestly. Um, and that's your DraftKings pick of the week. Into these bowl games. So, as I said, college football news, they put out these bowl game projections. They are really good. I think there's only a few people who you look at and say, like, they're they have more clout, I guess, in like the college football online sphere, whatever. Um, but, you know, I will say these ones felt maybe just a little bit chalky to me. No no real hot takes from the Pac-12. I guess there's one. There's one. Um, we might as well just jump into this. Like I said, eight teams from the Pac-12 making bowl games. You've got Washington playing Arkansas in the Las Vegas Bowl. You've got Boise playing UCLA in the LA Bowl. You've got Utah playing Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. You've got Arizona State and Texas Tech in the First Responder Bowl. The Holiday Bowl is Washington State and Virginia Tech. The Sun Bowl is Cal and Wake Forest. Then the Rose Bowl, Oregon, Michigan. And you have USC going to the college football playoff and losing to Alabama in their first game. So... Yeah, I, I think maybe kind of safe with the picks, right? Other than USC making the college football playoff, but that's kind of the sexy pick right now. Um, we'll see. You know, they, they are super talented. They do have a really good coach, but year one, turning that program that far around, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't think they win the Pac-12. Um, but, you know, there is that. Uh, from there, you know, Oregon in the Rose Bowl. I think that's a good bet. I think that's a good bet um, because there's there's different paths. You know, if if Utah wins the Pac-12, 
there's a chance that they're good enough that they just make it all the way into the college football playoff. What they, I think they have that game against Florida in the beginning of the season. I think it's Florida that they play at the beginning of the year. So they win that, win the Pac-12, they're probably in. Um, and in that case, if Oregon's number two, they go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, adds up. Uh, same thing with USC. Although I think it's less likely USC makes the college football. Well, less likely than Utah making it. I'm not sure about that. Um, but it's the same thing. Where if USC gets in, there you go. Oregon, if you're number two, you're in the Rose Bowl. Um, or Oregon wins the Pac-12 but doesn't get to the college football playoff. You know, there's there's so many paths. I do think that Oregon in the Rose Bowl, though, is the way I'd go. U- Utah would be tempting, but I think I'd go Oregon. Um, from there, Utah plays in the Alamo Bowl. You know, according to College Football News, the the Pac-12 doesn't have real bowl tie. Well, they have bowl tie-ins, but there's no rules about which team goes to which bowl outside of the Rose Bowl. Um, so, it's uh, in the past, I could swear that your next best team goes to the Alamo Bowl, um, and, and I imagine that's how they'll keep placing that bowl. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure, like it was in writing that that's how that works, but something must have changed. Um, so you have that in there. But then these others, you know, Cal going to the Sun Bowl, maybe a little bit of a stretch. You know, the, the four teams that missed, Stanford, Oregon State, Arizona, Colorado. Um, Stanford could probably sneak in. Um, I might have said Stanford's more likely than Cal. Um, Arizona State, probably more likely in Arizona State. I guess that's probably the hottest take of all these is Arizona State to make it. But you see the odds makers still giving the Sun Devils, a, a, you know, they're, they're treating them pretty similarly. I guess not quite as well as they did last year, um, but still pretty well considering how rough this offseason has been for them, um, which I don't, I don't know about. We'll see. Arizona State is a bowl team. Mm, I feel like things need to go right, and I think Stanford is probably more likely. Um, and Oregon State maybe too. You know, I think having Colorado and Arizona down at the bottom, and until until they prove something, first of at the very least, you can't blame them for for saying you guys are down at the bottom until you prove something. Um, but also, would I personally expect Colorado to make a bowl game? No, I th- I think if they win five games, it's a pretty good year given. They have a fairly tricky schedule, and the players they lost and all that stuff. Um, definitely not impossible, but you know you need to. You probably need to start two and one, um, then then clean up in that stretch in early October where you play some of the weaker teams uh, because things get tough at the end again. Um, but overall, like it's not bad. It's not bad. You know UCLA at the LA Bowl, sure. Washington at the Las Vegas Bowl. They should be able to win six games, right? Six, seven games. Um, we'll we'll find out, though. We'll find out, though. Um, definitely a little bit disappointing. You know, it did seem like at least the last couple of years you look at it, it's like, ah, are they going to have Colorado? And, and half the time they would. Or maybe less than half, but it felt like enough of the time they would. Even since I've been covering the team. This year, though, coming off of what happened last season and the, the losses... This isn't a lot of respect outside of Boulder, and uh, maybe n- maybe not a lot of respect, more specifically, just outside the football facilities in Boulder. Um, we'll see. You know, if you go out there and play TCU tight, I think people would like to see that. If you're able to beat them, then there's some excitement. 
Um, after that, you go play Air Force. You beat Air Force. Uh, if it, it feels, I, I'll be interested to see that reaction. I'll be interested to see that reaction because you know that that should be a yup, you did it. Like that's that's what you do. You're Colorado. They're Air Force, um, but Air Force has been really good recently, and probably has had the best team in the state for I had at least last year. Year before is so weird. Year before that's probably Air Force as well. I mean, Air Force did beat them straight up, so that'll be interesting to see the reaction. Then Minnesota. Or if you go into Minnesota, you'll have the Mike Sanford storyline. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, again, if you could find a way to win two of those games, all of a sudden there's a path. There's a path. But until you do that, you're not going to be seeing CU picked for – any of these bowl games. Um, I think that's going to do it. I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, I will be back on Monday with more, and I'll see you then.